What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. President Trump is taking his biggest step yet toward building his border wall thanks to the Supreme Court. The justices cleared him to build 100 miles of fencing along the border with $2.5 billion diverted from Pentagon funds while the litigation over the matter proceeds. Joining me is constitutional law expert Stephen Vladek, professor at the University of Texas Law School. So, Steve, this is the first time the Supreme Court has acted in the dispute over the national emergency Trump declared. Is it an indication of what will happen when the case comes before the court for a final decision? June, it may or may not be. I mean, I think what's interesting about the order of the Supreme Court issue is that unlike many of the other stays that the government has asked for, the Supreme Court has granted in some of these high-profile Trump administration lawsuits, the court actually provided at least a little bit of reasoning and suggested that it was staying the lower court's decision because there was some concern about whether the plaintiffs even have a cause of action. In that respect, I think the court has now sent a message to the lower courts on what the real central question ought to be as this case unfolds. I'm not sure it's necessarily committing the court to saying the same thing on the merits, but it's certainly shaping how this litigation is going to unfold going forward. So what is the real question? So I think the real question is, are these plaintiffs, so Sierra Club, other environmental groups, the kind of folks who should be able to bring the specific lawsuit at issue? That is to say, arguing that the president is effectively spending money that Congress did not properly appropriate. And so that's less a question about whether there's a problem with the injunction or whether the president has the legal authority to do what he's doing. It's more a question about whether there's a cause of action, that is to say, a specific entitlement on the part of these plaintiffs to bring this kind of claim against the president. So then if you had plaintiffs like landowners or perhaps the county of El Paso, it might have a better claim or standing to bring the suit? Yeah, I mean, I think there's both a standing question, which is, you know, are these plaintiffs actually injured by the government's proposed conduct? And here I actually think the plaintiffs did have standing. And there's this separate cause of action question. I think there's some uncertainty, June, about exactly who the right plaintiffs are from the perspective of a cause of action. You know, I think there's actually some reason to dispute what the majority of the justices at least hinted at both the district court in its opinion in this case and the Ninth Circuit in denying a stay spent some time on this issue and concluded that there was a cause of action. But I think it's pretty clear to me that that's where the real focus is going to be going forward, which is, I think, a little different from how this is portrayed. I mean, I think the Wall Street Journal portrayed this as yet another repudiation of a nationwide injunction. That's not really what's going on here. I think this is a much more specific, and if you'll forgive me, much more legalistic flaw that the justices are highlighting for the lower courts to work out. So then it's less a question of executive power and whether these particular justices support an expansive view of executive power? 
Indeed, and I think it's actually quite telling, June, that when the justices in the majority, you know, decided to provide at least a little bit of reasoning to explain why they were voting for this stay, they said nary a word about the merits. They didn't say that they actually think the government has a strong likelihood of success on the merits. Rather, they simply said they weren't sure the plaintiffs had a cause of action. So if I'm the government, I actually take that as a pretty bad sign for how this litigation is going to go if and when either the cause of action issue is conclusively resolved in Sierra Club's favor, or if we get other plaintiffs, you know, with a clearer connection to the border wall who are bringing this lawsuit, because there's no one on the court right now even hinting that they're inclined to side with the government on the merits. To me, that's a pretty powerful indication that the court actually has real concerns on that front. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. So Justice Stephen Breyer proposed a solution that seems to me would have kept the status quo in place. He wrote the solution would be to let the government negotiate and sign contracts, but not start building. Does that seem like a good solution to you? And why did none of the other justices, you know, chime in there? Yeah, no, I mean, I think Justice Breyer is absolutely right. And so his basic proposal was, you know, the actual harm the government invoked as justifying a stay was not the inability to build the wall. It was about finalizing these defense contracts. And so what Breyer basically said is, let's allow the government to finalize the contracts, but let's not actually let them start building yet. June, I think part of what's going on here, and I actually have a paper coming out pretty soon that actually goes into more detail on this, is I think that the justices are actually applying different standards from each other. That is to say, for Justice Breyer, right, part of the question is balancing the equities. That is to say, what would harm the government versus what would harm the plaintiffs? Is there a way to minimize the harm to both parties? And so for Breyer, this split the difference compromise was perfect because the government would get the urgent relief that it needed, but the plaintiffs would get the sort of longer term relief that they needed while the litigation unfolds. What we've seen, though, June, is in so many of these stay cases, there now seems to be a majority of the justices who actually don't think that where there's an injunction against the government in the lower courts, 
that the court should be balancing the equities. Rather, there seems to be a majority of justices who believe that any injunction against the government causes irreparable harm to the government that justifies relief so long as there's a decent chance the government's going to win on the merits. And I think in Friday's order, June, we're seeing exactly the difference in those two positions and exactly why Breyer seems to be you know, speaking a different language than the majority. That basically turns the, the ideas of what's necessary for an injunction upside down. So I think it comes pretty close to that. I mean, I think one of the things is it, it puts all of the focus, June, on the question of is the government likely to win on the merits? It turns the entire question of whether the government's going to get a stay pending an appeal into a predictive judgment by the justices. And, you know, in this paper, it's called the Solicitor General in the Shadow Docket, um, and it's available already on SSRN. I basically say there are reasons why that actually is not necessarily a helpful development. There are reasons why we actually generally don't like to have the court trying to make predictive judgments at this early stage of litigation. And there are reasons why I think Justice Breyer has the better of the argument, specifically in this case, that the court's job is really to find a way to cause the least harm to all parties and not just to the government while these injunctions get appealed. I look forward to reading that paper, Steve. That's Stephen Vladek, professor at the University of Texas Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.